want to welcome you to this Alan Smith Sunday School class podcast at Liberty Baptist Church in Chelsea, Alabama. Kathy and I want you to know how much we miss our regular Sunday School class, and we hope each of you have been contacted by your life group leader this week. We miss seeing all of you. If you have a prayer request, please get in touch with us. Kathy and I will pray for you. I know this week is uh, hopefully the last week in our shelter in place and maybe some businesses will be opening and maybe there'll be a little bit of time out that we'll be able to go out and see each other every once in a while. But remember, we still are going to be tied to the social distancing, so we still have to keep the six foot rule. Um, please get your Bibles and let's get ready to study God's word. But first, let's open with a word of prayer. Dear Lord in heaven, we thank you for this day. And Lord, we thank you for the blessings you give us. Lord, we thank you for the sunshine we see. Lord, we thank you for the breath in our lungs. And Lord, we thank you for the sight that we have. Lord, we know you're showing us something through this COVID-19 virus episode. And Lord, we know that your will will be done. Lord, we just ask you to use us to glorify your kingdom with all the new internet opportunities, Lord, we hope that the word is getting out to people, Lord, and you will be the one that gets glorified. Lord, we thank you for our church family. Lord, we ask you to bless them and guard them, and Lord, be with them as they're going through this also, Lord, uh, uh, some type of, uh, Lord, depression or something, Lord, that could set in, Lord, we just pray that you'll watch over that, and Lord, that you'll help us to uh, see that before that arises and lord we pray for our pastors as they're standing in front of empty congregations lord try to preach the word but lord we know that the word never goes void and lord we know that it always will fulfill its purpose lord we ask you to be with uh those pastors lord that are doing that today lord i thank you for the love that you've given us and lord uh, the love that you continue to show us daily so lord today use this podcast to further your kingdom lord uh, we pray that people will get something out of it today, Lord, and they'll apply it to their lives, Lord. As, as that's the whole purpose of this. So, Lord, use us today to glorify your kingdom in this time, Lord, as we get ready to study your word. And, Lord, we show ourselves approved unto you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. This week's lesson is titled, Saved. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who will have questions about this lesson. If you have any questions about this week's lesson, please message me back and I'll do my best to answer your questions biblically and in a timely manner. Hopefully this lesson will teach us and help us to understand God's word and how to apply God's word in our life during these times. But we must first look at the background for this lesson, which is in chapter 9, which our lesson's not, our lesson's in chapter 10 in Romans, but chapter 9 is where our background comes from. Paul addresses the fact that Israel was chosen by God to be his own possession out of all the peoples on the face of the earth. That's Deuteronomy 7, 6. Paul reconciled the role of Israel as a chosen people and who, for the most part, rejected the gospel preached by Paul and the status of the Gentile believers who came to God through faith in Jesus Christ's completed work on the cross. You see, many Jews believe that salvation came through obedience, obedience to the law. And we know that type of obedience is impossible. As we live it out every day, we know it's impossible to follow every law. Thus, the birthright does not merit salvation. 
doesn't matter whether you're Jew or Gentile, and that's what we're going to study today. It's only through the grace and mercy of God. Most of Paul's fellow Jews stumbled over the gospel. They knew it. They also knew, and to them, it was a scandal, and they rejected it. The law was cherished by the Jews, and remember, this is Paul that's teaching this lesson. The same Paul, or Saul, that held the coats while Stephen was stoned and knew the law better than most, trained in the law with zeal for carrying out its, its intent. The Jewish mindset was they believed the purpose of God's law was to bring salvation. The law was never meant for salvation, but was to show our unrighteousness. Paul taught earlier in chapter 2 that Jews have to have their hearts circumcised to be a true Jew. That's um, chapter 2 of Romans 28 and 29. So what does this mean? Israel is God's elected nation missed that righteousness is attained only by faith. Which brings us to today's lesson. And today, I'll ask you a few questions that you need to apply to yourself and apply to your life. And then I'll also tell you some other statements that people often ask me. Question number one is, will being good get you into heaven? So I'm going to let you answer that for a second. And the second question is, did Jesus Christ's death on the cross save everyone? Question number three, does, does everyone who die go to heaven? Question number four is, do we all serve the same God? And then question number five that applies to us every day is, are you right with God? So if you will, let's turn to chapter 10 of Romans. Uh, we're going to read verses 1 through 4, and then we're going to do our best to take it apart as God would want us to and to explain it the best we can. Chapter 10, verses 1 through 4 says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for the righteousness to everyone who believes. Paul is here expressing his desire that people, that his people would be saved. The problem here is the Jews continue to look at the law for salvation. The Jews' enthusiasm and zeal are commendable but is based on falsehood. And that can lead to ungodly attitudes and behavior, which is conduct that is affront to God. They didn't recognize that Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Based on the completed work of Christ on the cross, one must confess and believe in order to be saved. Thus, Paul needed to explain the gospel to the Jews and all mankind are all us Gentiles. Verses 5 through 10 is where our lesson really starts. So let's start right there. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does the, those things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in 
in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend to heaven, that is, to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The gospel. The Jews did not and could not meet the law's perfect demands. Therefore, they needed a savior. God's blessings were contingent on Israel's obedience, a point frequently made elsewhere in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 5, 32 through 6, 3. However, Israel rebelled and did not keep the Lord's commands. Moses warned Israel that God's blessings came through obedience and disobedience brought cursing. The law points people to Christ and his grace. People do not ascend to heaven to discover salvation. The Lord has come down to earth, and thus salvation is both near and possible for all people. All that remains is a response of faith to the message of faith. By using two elements from Deuteronomy 30:14, Paul explains the message of faith he has been proclaiming. Confessing with the mouth and believing in the heart are not two separate steps in the process of salvation but rather two aspects of a single confession of faith. The scripture says you must confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and you will be saved. Thus, we're publicly agreeing with other believers that Jesus is Lord, and this outward confession was rooted in our personal belief that Jesus is no longer dead. Paul wrote to the believers in Corinth, and if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. 1 Corinthians 15, 14. And Philippians 2, 11 says this, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. A time will come when it will no longer be possible to deny Jesus' Lordship, but for many that recognition will come too late. Paul taught that the one who confessed and believed would be saved, and thus belief results in righteousness, and confession results in salvation. Both the heart and the mouth are connected. When someone confesses and believes, he or she becomes a new creation, 2 Corinthians 5.17, and with continual belief and justification as byproduct flowing from our life. You see, salvation is reflected in our outward conduct. Verses 11 through 13 says this. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Salvation is available to anyone who believes. Jews and Gentiles are saved the same way. Through faith in Jesus Christ. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For Jew and Gentile alike. God chooses to richly bless with salvation everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord. 
people from every tongue, every tribe, and every nation have access to God through faith. The name above every name is the name of Jesus. And in whatever circumstance, we can experience God's hope because whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen and amen. Verses 14 and 15 say this. How then shall we call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. What he's saying here is if everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, then it is necessary for everyone to have access to the gospel. We must tell others about the gospel. No one can call on Jesus when he or she hasn't heard or, or believed. If the gospel is available to everyone, then everyone must have the opportunity to hear the good news that Jesus saves. A person must believe in the Lord before that person can call on him. But belief is only possible if that person has heard about the one in whom he must believe. Hearing requires a herald. A herald is someone who proclaims the word. Someone who will share the message with which he has been entrusted. But today's question is, but who will go? Those who are sent. But don't miss the point here. Jesus is sending all believers to tell about his goodness. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 and Acts 1, 8. We're supposed to be disciples making disciples. So who are the heralds of the day? Who are the ones proclaiming the good news? God calls some to be a pastors and some to be teachers. But this doesn't excuse any Christian of their responsibility of proclaiming Christ. All believers are set apart by God and sent. We, along with the pastors and the missionaries, must be busy fulfilling the Great Commission. And what a, great, what a better time to do that than now. Even though we're social distancing, we can still proclaim the word. The internet has been opened with pastors flooding the internet with Facebook and and with live responses and podcasts and teachers teaching that, we must be about making the Great Commission known. We as a church have a responsibility too, not only to proclaim the gospel wherever we are, but also to commission and support those who can go out to the ends of the earth to preach to those who have never heard. We're to provide financially and emotionally in fulfilling God's Great Commission. We're to invest our prayers and our energy to ensure that no one misses an opportunity to know Christ as their personal Savior. As we read verses 16 and 17, I want you to hear what he says then. And then verse 18 through the rest of the chapter is talk, through 21 talks a little bit about what that sounds like. But I want you to hear this. But they have not obeyed the gospel for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then... Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It has to be proclaimed. We have to be the one making that proclamation. We have to be telling everybody about this Jesus Christ. You don't have to know the Bible to do that. All you have to do is tell them about what God's done in your life. Tell them about the hope that you have. It's not in this world. It's not in the things of this world. It's not in the 
the beauty that we see because this beauty is just a, a sheer rag compared to what's going to happen. But it's in what God has in store for us for the future. So as we go about this, we need to think about what we have to do to get it done. So think about it. Are you the feet, the ones the gospel's talking about? Are you the gift of life to others by telling them about Christ? The gospel is for all to hear. Let us be the eyes and the ears and the hands and the feet of the ones proclaiming the gospel to every Jew, every Gentile, every person. You see, time is short. People are dying. There are plenty of people that need to hear about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If we don't tell them today, it may be too late tomorrow. We have to be about teaching and preaching the Word of God. Your statement and your story is your story, but it needs to be told to everybody that they will know about your Jesus Christ. So on that day, when we stand before our Savior, I pray he looks at you and me and says, well done, my faithful servant, and welcome into your rest. But he also be looking at where we've walked and where we've gone and who we've told and what we've done about this Lord and Savior. We all understand that we have a gift. That gift is Jesus Christ, the dying on the cross and the resurrection three days later. The question we have to ask ourselves is, what are we doing with our gift? Are we sitting at home and hoarding it? Are we sharing our gift with everybody in the world? Because it's all about sharing, especially during times like now. When people need the word of God, they need us proclaiming it. So just before we close, realize one thing, that today may be the last day that you see somebody on this earth. And what we also need to realize is not only will it be their last day, but we may not see them in heaven. So to answer some of those questions is no, everybody doesn't go to heaven. And sometimes when they die, they're not going to a better place. But if we don't tell them, who will? May God help us during this time and may God share it, share his message during this time. And Lord, may you be glorified during this time because of this message going out today that you get all the glory because of what we have in store or what you have in store for us for the future. I love you. In Christ's name, we pray these things and we say these things for it's in God's name we pray. Amen. Thank you.